Hello and welcome to Shard Keepers Unbounded, where we are talking about, go figure, Arcanum Unbounded. I'm Carrie. I'm Ian. I'm David. And I'm Eric. And today we are talking about specifically the essays in Arcanum Unbounded. Obviously, obligatory spoiler warning. You might have some stuff ruined for you if you haven't read the books that these essays are about. Oh, yeah, yeah. You should probably do that. Again, read the yeah. Cosmere. We'll wait. Come back, then press play again. Yeah, it'll be great. So a few just sort of general things before we dive into each individual essay. We had some quotes on when these uh, essays were actually written by Chris of Arcanum, yes? Um, oops. <laughs> they exist. They do exist. I believe it is mentioned in the book itself as well. I, I don't think so. I think in one of Brandon's author like author things, he mentions at least that Six of the Dusk is set way later than these essays are. Basically, guys, yeah. the the essays all happen about at the same time, and the Six of Dusk happens way later, and base, these essays are about uh, written around the books that are contemporary. So around there. But Six of Dusk is far in the future. so At least as contemporary yeah. as you can get over hundreds of years. Yeah, I'm you guessing, know, the contemporary hundred, hundreds of years. Yeah, I'm guessing it's around, like, Mistborn Era 2 and, like, Stormlight 5-ish, mm, sure, that... since those are, like, close to each other. Yeah, I mean, probably knows what surge binding is, so, you know. Oh, I guess yeah. that's true, yeah. So, and then there there has been many questions on why there is not a Nalthus essay. Because uh, there isn't another story in the collection. That is the beginning and end of the story. That's yeah. It's the only reason. Yeah, it seems like Brennan regrets that he didn't end up putting it in there, but I'm sure we will see something of that sort later on. That seems to be the way he's leaning with the comments he's made. Yeah, it's, they can it's, always. We we would see one sooner rather than later. They can always yeah. just re-release a second edition of the book with Nalthus added in and just call it Arcanum Rebounded. <laughs> Nice. It's just as funny the second time we make the joke. I know. It's like, what is with our fandom and puns? I like it. I like it. We we There's we made this joke in, in the pre-show, reference. and yeah, so. and they made me put it back in. That's true. That's true. I, I mean, to be fair, we're Brandon's fans. We would be remiss if we didn't include puns as a regular part of our fandom. That that's would fair. be like us not making fun of Mish for her bad pronunciation. She tries. Ah, uh, does she? <laughs> what was it from that conversation? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't but remember. She, she says Anyways, silly things. No. let's talk about the star chart. This star chart is crazy, guys. If You you can actually see it on uh, the Brandon site. Uh, well. Yes. Yeah, along with all the other star charts. Yes. Yeah, all of the art, actually. So that's even true. the illustrations. That's the, and yes, it's that's pretty. True. It's so very you should pretty. just go look at it, just well, to stare at it. We should put a link to that in the description. True. We yeah. Do that. We okay. should have liner notes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So basically, the first thing that I noticed on this is, okay, it shows all the planets. Then there's this giant dragon thing. You know? I'm sure that's not scary. That the knight it's is awesome. apparently fighting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the, there's a knight from Roshar. It's like yeah, that's very thematic. They, they're they're made of constellations, right? That's what it's yeah, supposed to like be. Yeah, like it's yeah. And fun fact, like 
Brandon was not intending for it to turn out like this. Like he like assigned like assigned the project to Isaac that like, oh, we want like a night sky or like a star chart like this. And then like Isaac came back with like all the constellations and like these images and what they mean. And Brandon was like, that's cool or something like that. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like the way they did it because honestly, I don't know what it would look like if they hadn't put the constellations in because it wouldn't It'd be, be really terribly. Boring. It would, yeah, it wouldn't be terribly gripping if it was just a bunch of dots with names. Yeah. <laughs> Relative locations of planetary systems with other planetary systems. I don't know. That sounds like, like great compromise articles. Not well, even I'd, relative because like so. this is star charts like this are like so not a good judge of distance. Well, you can just Since say, it's... well, I guess you can't even say that this planet is southeast of this planet, because what's south and north? Like, you don't even know. Yeah. yeah. It's close so, to this planet. Not even necessarily, because it, it has, like, no, like, Z dimension. Mm -hmm. Well, usually galaxies are uh, flatter than you would expect. So, like, our galaxy but, but... is... is is basically uh, a plane, and that that's kind of one of the structures of galaxies. They're not spherical. There, there is yeah, a Z but, component, but it's not nearly as much as you would anticipate. No, what I mean is, like, you, you're in the, the the galaxy. You're not. This isn't looking down at the galaxy from above. It's like, it's in the middle of the galaxy. Like, so there is definitely a Z component. Like, okay. Oh, you, right. you guys, we're starting to go redshift thread again. Mm -hmm. Let's talk <laughs> yeah. about time bubbles. Let's not. Well, there are like red stars. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of those red stars, this dragon constellation that the knight is fighting is made up of these awesome-looking red stars, and the constellation is called the Scar. Which we've seen yeah. in two books, actually. We've seen it from Roshar, and we've seen it from Skadriel. Yeah, Tall Scar and the Red Rip. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and it might and, be... It's possibly we, the Star Belt from Threnody as well. Yeah, not, we but we don't have... Sure, but... Yeah, we don't know what color those stars are. They're just described as particularly bright. And Skadriel has a, a regular star belt, doesn't it? That provides illumination instead of the moon? I remember hearing that somewhere. I think it's got, yes. a, it's got like a bright patch of stars, is what I recall it saying. Yeah, and I think um, I think we have confirmation that it's the same thing that Threnody and Skadriel's viewing. I remember that too. Yeah, um, I, yeah I think it. Wendy asked, yeah. But I, I don't think... think that's the same thing as a scar. Then, yeah, yeah. not not entirely sure. Brandon, I think Brandon's answer was kind of a non-answer. He's like, "Yeah, you're going to see lots of similar things in the skies of these plans because they're pretty close together." And that yeah. was more or less they, what he can't, what he had to say. They are pretty close together. Um, yeah, I'm terrified of the scar. I don't know if Brandon, hearing that story about Isaac uh, making it all up. That there's got to be something important about the scar, though, right? Like, there's mm. no oh, there hab, there's no planets near there, really. Like, it's all that are labeled. Well, yeah, but none, mm. none that we know of, which seems a little mm -hmm. suspicious. Did something horrible happen there? Yes, yeah, what I'm wondering. Maybe the shattering happened there, or maybe a bunch of shards were splintered there. Maybe that's where Yolan is. Yolan isn't on the map, guys. Yeah, I I have seen that the uh, the theory that like Yulin is in the scar, and like there is there are planets orbiting these stars that are not labeled. Brandon has said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. 
what you're not going to label the 10 uh planet or more than 10 planets around roshar yeah on the uh, star Trek. well no like i mean like orbiting other, other stars yeah, like yeah, other sure, systems yeah. right yeah like assuming assumingly the dark one planet is in here somewhere you know yada, yeah yada. and vax or <laughs> yeah unless they're whatever, the same whatever one you don't vax know is. Yeah. yeah we have no idea what vax is uh but I don't know. It's very suspicious. Can you not see Yolan in the night sky? That's a good question. How hidden is Yolan? Because you cannot get to it, presumably through Shadesmar or something. Yeah. yeah. Or it's shrouded. It's yes. shrouded. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Chris has not been able to find it in the cognitive realm. At least she had an as of secret history, but apparently knows Correct. a little bit about it by the time the essays were written. Yeah. yeah since she, Definitely since she mentions the Fane life. That, which... and she also has Cosmere standard as being from Yolan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so it, later, when we, when, we, when we talk about the essays, she mentions the gravity and the size, and basically Yolan's supposed to be an Earth analog planet, so it's the same size as ours, and it, she knows about that, apparently. And speaking of the Fane life, I like the idea that like this is related to like the fane life like in some way i don't necessarily know if like that's real or not but Wait, did and... you just said speaking of the fane life i'm glad it's referring to the fane life no speaking of the fane life uh-huh. i'm fond of the theory that the scar is related to the oh. fane life Oh, okay. That makes much more sense than I think what yeah. you said initially. Yeah. I-, I think I said it the right way the first time. I don't remember, but um, I don't necessarily know if it's true or not, but like it would be cool. Mm-hmm. But And it would be also be very terrifying that the Fane life is off of Yulin. And spreading, not that apparently. We... Yeah. yeah. And, they're, and they're getting that info from the Liar of Partnell sample chapters apparently but yes. they mentioned fane life there and in one yeah. of the essays we, we see fane life there right so but we still really don't understand what is the fane life i am just terrified of the scar that looks uh i would quote that as being not good generally yeah i mean even Question. even the color of the sky yes yeah do we think this is what dragons look like in the cosmere Uh, possibly to me honestly but <laughs> well it, it it does have a very eastern dragon feel to it and brandon is very heavily inspired by the eastern cultures that's fair yeah it it just doesn't have any legs which is weird wings. so it could be well eastern dragons don't have wings so i was talking about dragons in general though oh yeah I have no comment so, at this time. But the like the head is like very draconic oh, yeah. looking. Also, this could be, you know, this seems like it's intended to be an in-universe uh, oh, representation. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. say somebody was assigned to draw a picture of a dragon and it just so happens that maybe Cosmere dragons are serpentine and somebody's like it looks like a giant snake with a lizard head. That's probably what they would draw if they've never seen a dragon before. Yeah, that's probably. Fair. I mean, we've had inaccurate drawings before, like the Chasm Fiend from Way of Kings, that we know it was drawn by someone who hadn't actually seen what one looked like. 
hell, yeah. we well, have it's... mythology in our world of dragons, and I'm pretty sure no one's ever actually seen one. Mm-hmm, but we've got real they've got How real dragons you know? to compare to. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right. So I, I think we're I think we're ready about ready to move on yes. to the essays. Oh, yeah. I think we're mm-hmm. starting with at least the one I know you probably liked the most, Carrie. Oh yeah. I yeah. I like this for a very, very obvious Specific reason, reason, I think. Yes, absolutely. And that relates back to Cell and how devotion and dominion work and how they power the door. And it turns out that because their power is actually on the cognitive plane instead of in the spiritual realm, perception and awareness very heavily shape the magic and how it manifests. Yeah, apparently it's just, it, it's as simple as also the uh, cognitive realm has location, whereas the spiritual realm does not. So location matters yeah. because that investiture is now on the cognitive realm, which is it's such an elegant way of describing how Cell's magic has been regionalized. It's crazy to me. We never mm-hmm. figured this out. No one figured that out. I well, came extremely close. Yeah, I'd say you were pretty close. Yeah, but I, well, I like, remember at Spokon, David, where we were trying to explain Carrie's theory to Brandon, and Brandon's just like, that's that's not true. And it, I guess because he was focusing a lot on the realmatic side, right? With just mm-hmm. oh, investor lives in the cognitive, so oh, that's why. It's so yeah. it's so elegant. But like that's actually not new information. Like we've known that the door is in the cognitive realm for a while. Well, we just didn't put the pieces together. Uh, yeah. Well, I kind of did. Like it's been discussed that like, hey, the door is in the cognitive realm. The it's cognitive realm is dependent on. But yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure I connected those dots it's it's not the same thing as the distinction between the locations of investiture between the spiritual and the cognitive like that's the key obviously i'm going to find that post please do we'll put that in the liner's notes too because that okay i will do that after the podcast cool do that but i want to be vindicated needless to say that was awesome that was these essays are just the most mind-blowing thing that they just drop crazy lore bombs and that was one of them that i'm just like oh yeah that's that's the answer to why or the like magics do that yeah or the whole there are three great empires on cell like yeah we've seen two what's the third yeah what's the like, third one cell also happens to be much larger than earth so uh apparently it can have a lot of dudes yeah, yeah, I was surprised by how large it was. I somehow hadn't been picturing it as being that large, even though obviously I had no frame of reference for how big or small the planet was. Mm. I think we had a quote that it said Cell was one of the most populous planets that we knew of. I are you? Do you remember that? I I that do not. Maybe I'm making that up. So well, well, I think that's I was, the thing. I was talking about physical size. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, well, yeah. I mean, if there's a lot of uh physical size and human spread then yeah it could it can fit a lot of people very comfortably without a high level of technology let's say Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my thoughts about the third great domain is that if you look at the star chart all the planets have two names and one of them is obviously you know based on aeons but the other one doesn't really seem to match any language we've seen so far that's true potentially that could come from the third great domain although we don't know much about the rose empire's language so you know, no. Yeah, but it wasn't particularly Asian. Like, yeah, so I don't know. Seemed yeah, pretty just something interesting to note. 
Yeah, that yeah. that is really interesting. But the moon only has an aeonic name, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is kind of makes me laugh though that the people on, in Alonfris wouldn't actually call their planet Cell, but yeah, just a funny little quirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's yeah, like Op- Opilon versus Cycla. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, it, it that that is crazy to me that apparently I guess the world hoppers who got to Silverlight first, which we should we need to talk about several Silverlight too. Uh, I, we're not from Elantris, which that's actually really weird now that you, if yeah. you think about that, because they had a perpendicularity right there. Mm-hmm. It was or a people well, went, or the Irie, to first, like, you know, the Irie they, don't really like talk. They, well, they talk, but they don't really collaborate with outsiders based on one of the later essays. So I think the Irie are like Elantris's main world hopping force. So. Maybe like I, there, there's a lot of mysteries about about them that we mm-hmm. do not really know the answer to. Yeah, I wanted to ask the very natural question, knowing that uh, the door is on the cognitive realm. Odium killed uh, devotion and dominion, right? So yeah. why uh, they there's not that problem on Roshar? Uh, Odium killed honor too. I th- I think part of it is that on Cell, Odium killed both of them at the same time and then shoved their investiture into the cognitive realm. Mm-hmm. On Roshar, he was able to kill Honor, but Cultivation is still around. So like he might not have been able to take them both out at the same time and then like she was able to like keep him from like doing whatever he did to make the door. But also, um there are a lot more spren. There are Sion's and Skazy, so and they act as like a release valve for a lot of honors investiture. So it doesn't also, build up like it does in in the situation of the door. Also, something interesting to note in that I I'm not a hundred percent sure on this because I'm forgetting a little bit about the Rosharan essay because uh, I was kind of rushed when I was reading that one. But mm. in the cell essay it says i am uncertain whether their power was left to ravage the world untamed for a time or was immediately contained when when do we see the honor visions coming to dalinar when the world is ravaged by a giant high storm yeah yeah there it it could just be invested in the high storms itself yeah and and the high storms yeah brandon has said that honor's perpendicularity moves is mobile, so mm-hmm. in a high storm, maybe. And the high storms maybe. are what charge stormlight into things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're hugely invested things. So, yeah, I, I guess yeah, they're invested in looking for places to stick it. To quote Vasher, <laughs> that's that's really interesting. The thinking about the this idea of containment, because then uh, you have to wonder whether Odi- Odium wouldn't care where it is really right so something else contained it my impression was that putting it in the cognitive realm was an additional precaution and uh to splintering that so that people still could definitely not pick up the power again yeah yeah and and it and it would prevent people from taking up the power 
and prevent the power from developing sentience on its own. Mm -hmm. But that's not uh, what the essay says. Chris isn't sure what specifically happened and doesn't seem to really know but this brandon has said this actually this is word of brandon oh okay Mm -hmm. well never mind cool we'll we'll have a full episode talking about all the nifty stuff that has happened yeah once everything gets transcribed and stuff and we have verbatim well cool Um, so it it was one other thing that that's interesting to me Mm -hmm. yeah one other thing in this solar system um the land itself is developing awareness, which that's pretty big. Yeah, it just goes to show further from what we were talking about last episode, how investiture really does mean sapience. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. the scaling is different depending on what you're trying to invest. But there's a very clear pattern here if the land itself is starting to follow the same behavior. Yeah, I, I think and this could this very is... well be uh, like a lead-in for Elantris too, because Brandon's indicated that the plot of that is going to be the Fjordal Empire says, oh, you know, y- Jadith, Yadith is coming back. Yadith. Yadith, I really does not know. That's what but, I say, um, so. Jadith. Okay. It's not Yasna. I refuse. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, what that he is coming back to life and he is a god of the earth of the underground so that's a true connection to the land that's yeah true, like i totally is... think they're referring to like the fjordel empire is waking up so to speak and it's like and they're calling that yadeth but it's mm-hmm. not it's not a shard it's just the investiture has made the land sapient mm-hmm. which i'm super excited about because like personification of place is like a a trope that i really enjoy it's like i have plans for a book series of my own that like deals with this so i'm just like i'm always excited when this happens it also feels supernatural for cell that's like oh the magic's location based then you see oh the lands become personified even if you haven't read this if you're reading an elantra sequel and you get that revelation it's like oh yeah that that yeah that fits Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the other interesting thing that's potentially there is Brandon has in the past been a little bit dodgy about calling the earthquake 100% natural. You know, the earthquake that oh! broke that broke Elantris. Like he says, it's not odium, but it's kind of natural. There's things going on here that I don't want to talk about. So it makes me curious if that relates back oh, to the land, the land being invested by the door. So it, it has nothing to do with odium, which is what mm-hmm. people always thought. At least not directly, like because yeah, he right, put it in right. the cognitive realm. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good idea. I like Something that interesting to consider. Definitely. Also, he either put it in the cognitive realm or it just so happened there. Because I know in one of the other essays, it's mentioned that the clash between shards takes place on other realms, mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be that their particular clash just so happens to take place in the cognitive realm. More he splintered the them and then left, and because of where it happened, they were just kind of contained there. Yeah, mm-hmm. based on like what Brandon has said, like Odium specifically shoved their investiture oh, okay. into the cognitive realm. Okay. But- That's crazy. And, like, we see a little bit, I think, like, shards kind of transcend the realms to a certain extent. They do, absolutely. So, like, we see, like, um, Vin and 
ruins conflict in the cognitive realm from the viewpoint of Kelsier in secret history. But yeah. yeah. Well, they definitely do transcend realms because uh, we're, we've used the word perpendicularity. That's where th that's those pools. They don't need to be pools, but basically uh, a ridiculous amount of investiture kind of creates this tunneling between the three realms. So obviously yeah. the shards transcend all the realms. I think they're like points that like the three realms are not three realms. They're like one realm. To a certain extent, like it, they bleed together like so much that like it's easy to slip between them because like mm -hmm. at that point like there's no distinction between them. Mm -hmm. The mechanics <laughs> of the shards and how they exist on the three realms is very interesting to me. Oh yeah, because like if the investiture is usually like parked on the spiritual, so like if a shard just moves across space, which presumably they could very easily do, right? Just yeah. walk across space. And that that energy is in the spiritual. So, like, how does the if a shard just is moving, how does that ripple across the cognitive? Like, mm -hmm. we have a lot of questions there that we don't know the answer to, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on to Skadriel. Yeah, mm -hmm. Skadriel. Mm -hmm. So, who named the other planets? because they have <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's my main thought is that it's probably one of those five cultures in the south yeah probably they they it just definitely doesn't sound like anything from the north wait mm. wait wait what what the other two planets in the system on agle uck in the agle nod mm -hmm. oh yeah I'm my like, planet oh, yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, def def those are definitely Southerner things. Although, I, I will say, for the record, that the Lord Ruler did not mind people learning astronomy. Mm -hmm. He was totally cool with that. Mm -hmm. really? But you would have... Yeah, he was, he was fine with that, I recall that. Yeah, it wasn't you would like have guns. had. Yeah, you would have had to have been a Tin Eye or a Mistborn to really practice it, though. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's true. That's why it made it <laughs> difficult, but... <laughs> But he didn't. He didn't care that people did that because it didn't really affect what he was trying to suppress. So he's like, "Yeah, mm -hmm. sure, whatever." If so, anything, it's something else for them to focus on instead of what he's trying to suppress. Yep, that's true. Yeah, it, it's just interesting. Chris just talks about how uh, advanced Scadrial could be without the Lord Ruler, and again mentions this place, Silverlight, which is presumably where. Chris hangs out and a bunch of world hoppers hang out. Yeah. The restaurant at the end of the Cosmere type thing. Yeah. Uh, Which is in the... So long and thanks for all the magic fish. <laughs> Before we go too far down that road. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, in this um, essay, Chris mentions that this is one of two places in the Cosmere where humans do not predate the arrival of the shards. That's What do we think the other one is? I'm going to guess Roshar. Guess, no, because we have word of Brandon that like those those humans predate the shattering. That particular strain of humanity predates the shattering. And then really? the Parshendi mm -hmm. are older than that. And a lot of times yeah. they kind of, I guess in Chris I don't think they might necessarily kind, but there's very old things on Roshar. The Parshendi mm -hmm. are older than humanity. There, question mark. Yeah, yeah well, I, I guess I don't I think they necessarily like. We're on Roshar. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Shards. Like, 
so like it's like do are is chris talking about like that like strain of humans did not exist did not predate the arrival of shards or like like the shards got there that first and then people migrated there see i kind of agree with carrie on this my initial thought would be it seems very much to me like we're eventually going to discover that the humans on rashar are some sort of refugee based on the mythology of the tranquiline halls and that sort of thing so it wouldn't surprise me if it was just populated by parshendi and then perhaps honor and cultivation like shepherded the people to rashar as a sort of haven as opposed to whether Parshendi were already living and doing their thing with the Spren. And that's Maybe. when that whole conflict began. Well, yeah, if you reread the the listener songs, uh, it, the Parshendi oh, are been. very yeah. old. Yeah, I know, it's really cool. Uh, we should do an episode on those. Like Those those are good things to talk about. Um, yeah, my guess is um, Silverlight, actually. I'm not like that's 100% convinced, but like I, could, I would be happy if it was Silverlight. Uh, the... A word of Brandon that Brandon has said about Silverlight is that it is, quote, weird. That's all he said. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it, but it's really weird. I believe so. It. Yeah. So we could basically bet anything on Silverlight and have a good chance of it being correct. Yeah. So that's entirely possible. But that that's it's actually just really interesting that there have been so many uh like the Nelphians they existed before the shards uh, before the shattering and stuff so like mm-hmm. what Aiden Elsium was doing and creating humans it's very interesting to me mm-hmm. yeah oh so we also wait but before we do that i just had a thought that uh maybe Aiden Elsium's last known location was yolan could be perhaps and didn't create yolan first necessarily and created a bunch of humans and then just ended up and then those dudes just wrecked them at Yolan. Mm-hmm. So we also get a mention of the Fane life in this chapter, yeah. which means Chris knows about the Fane life. From and, Yolan. Like, from Yolan. And like, I think elsewhere in the essay, like she mentions like scholars who have specialized in pre-shattering biographies. So it's like, how much do they know about Yolan? Because, mm-hmm. like, as Chris says, like, in Secret History, like, Yolan is hidden. So, like, how much do they know of, like, the events leading up to the Shattering? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that is that is a $10,000 question right there, because I have no idea how they would know that, unless... They're like Yasna, and Yasna was able to figure out a lot, right? She wasn't back there, so I don't know. What does well, Yasna know? Yasna doesn't we, know that much. No, I mean, I'm talking about, like, the Voidbringers. Like, imagine mm. someone doing what Yasna was doing, but trying to figure out stuff about the Shattering, right? Mm. Well, I mean, to be fair, we have people in our universities who specialize in trying to figure out things about ancient cultures that we only have you know, a handful of artifacts from, so why not people in Silverlight who are doing the same thing? Oh yeah, I'm not I'm I'm totally not surprised that they're doing this, but like it sounds like they have they actually know things. They just interview Hoyd basically and then they, they get all the they just write it down. Yeah. Done. Problem <laughs> solved. <laughs> Which I'm wondering like how like vocal are the other vessels? Like do like the more benevolent vessels like chat with people that that's like true 
because like I I recently asked um Brandon on Reddit about this like like how like how much Sazed interacts with people in the cognitive realm of schedule like if Chris was sailing through and went like Yo Sazed you want to chat like, would he show up and Brandon raffled me so it's, I'm shocked I'm shocked by yeah. this I'm just like I want to know like like do the other vessels like tell people about like what happened i bet at least somewhat like i can't imagine endowment like not being at least a little bit cool but that's pretty yeah. arbitrary but say and that the... like yeah go ahead i was gonna say the tone of what chris is writing because i'm looking at this quote right now i have the ebook up on my monitor and it does kind of sound it could be taken to imply that some of these people have actually talked to the vessels mm-hmm. yeah which would be cool the the alternative possibility is that they spoke to someone like Frost, who's been around that long and isn't a shard, and just said, hey, what do you know? Because I'm sure there are, there's at least one that knows something. True. Yeah. But, like, it, it's really interesting, because Harmony has a lot of restrictions in talking to people, right? Well, talking to people in the physical yeah, realm, Yeah, in the maybe, physical but... realm, but... But, like, I, I we see him, that's... like, talking to people, like, fine in, at the end of Secret History. Oh, sure. It's it's just interesting. Do other shards have that restriction? Or could they just manifest? Oh, true. Like, I've never really understood why they, they have so much power. Just, just like, make, make a thing. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, talk I don't to understand that either. But I'm sure there's some rationale somewhere. We hope. But some sort of... Some sort of prime directive among vessels. Oh, yeah. They all get along super great. <laughs> yeah. They would definitely agree to such a thing and not and just, hey, let's just not talk to people. So I imagine yeah. there very easily could be a shard that is very friendly and it maybe runs one of these world hopping organizations for all the hell we know. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, then we hear about the well that various people have uh, held the power of the well, which we've known before. We have known mm-hmm. that people uh, held the power of the well prior to Rashek and Vin, uh, but the people who held it prior uh, didn't hold it the same way that Rashek and Vin did. It's kind of vague. Uh, mm-hmm. They were more like protectors, and they took up that power for a bit of time and protected mm. people with it i and don't know re- it's they yeah, renewed ruins prison is one of the things that they did oh yeah. that's right that's right that's right i think it's basically like they didn't try to take over the world well so it's it it seemed to me that they held the power and they like just didn't burn it up really fast it felt i don't know uh, i don't know i think it's more like oh they took the power but they didn't change a whole lot and uh we will soon know, hopefully, how many people held the power of the well. Because I asked that in my uh, anniversary, Mistborn. Which oh, so will... you did ask that? Awesome. I did ask that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know we had I... talked about it, but I wasn't. I didn't yeah. know for sure. I I pulled uh, the group on what to ask. <laughs> really hard to ask good questions. It, he could just raffo me, like he raffoed me on bands. So yeah. Yeah, but like, I think there oh, is an upper limit of how many people could have held the, the, the well. Absolutely. Well, if he tells us, then that that tells us a lot about the timeline. Right? Yeah, definitely. That that fairly accurately 
describes it, in fact, which probably means he's going to rapo me, actually. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. hey. I think the other interesting thing that we can look at right here is that it mentions Rishar has similar bursts of strength that are in the hands of humankind, which surprises me as we haven't really seen that mechanism yet at all. Uh, Kaladin is very shiny at the ends of Words of Radiance and has but, a lot of investiture that he's wielding and chucking around. Compared to Vin holding the full power of the Well of Ascension, that doesn't really hold a candle no, no, to no, it no, in no, my no, mind. No, 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 that, that's, that's... Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, read the, read the quote, because, like, at least those two sentences next to one another imply to me yeah. that something similar is going on in Rashar, and it's not I, just I know regular... this has been a discussion on the forums whether, like, um, Chris is referring like to the well or just like the fact that like Skadriel has like a very interesting magic system with Alamancy. Okay, we're and... gonna do we're gonna do story time, and I'm gonna narrate this. Yeah, read the read the following okay. sentence as yeah. well because I think it's important. Yeah, well, I'm gonna read the whole paragraph. So okay, this it. is in the Skadriel essay. This is a powerful magic and one where humans themselves have often had access to grand bursts of strength. I would challenge one to identify another planet, save only Roshar, where one can find such strength of investiture so commonly in the hands of mortals. Periodically throughout Skadriel's history, a man or woman gained access to vast amounts of power with incredible effects. The most obvious evidence of this is the fact that the star charts that Guyin has... Gain? Gain. Whatever. Whatever. How do you know that? Because Brandon told us. Bah! And it's spelled guy with an N on the end. Oh. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, okay. all right. Touche. <laughs> Kaswanwa. Uh, Gain has so kindly provided us uh, with two orbits for Skadriel. The planet has literally moved at various points by individuals carrying immense amounts of investiture. As an aside, this has wrecked havoc with trying to understand historical calendars on the planet, which I agree, Chris. So when I read that, I don't know. I, I can I can understand that, but I think she's transitioning from talking about uh magic and then relating that to people having powerful investiture. Lot lots of times people have held power, but I I don't, I don't know. Like, it's phrased weirdly. Like it very easily could be referring to the well in like the only analog on Moshe I can think of is the Heralds. That was I mean, my that's true. Well. That's true. Like, people have a lot of power on Roshar. But mm. even if you just compare, like, a Mistborn to a Knight Radiant, like, they have a lot of power just in general and can yeah. do a lot of crap. Yeah. I would Who argue the it? Knight Radiant has, like, more investiture. Oh, they than do. They do. Absolutely. Mm. I think yeah, that's it's... fairly well known, I think. Yeah. Who says it has to be one or the other? Yeah, probably both. True. Yeah, it's just odd to me that she mentions these grand bursts of strength, which really clearly to me imply the well, and then mentions Rashar, and then again mentions the well and its powers. So that'd be odd to me if she transitioned from talking about the well to regular magic systems, and then back to the well, all within the space of three sentences. But it could be. Grand bursts yeah. of strength could also be describing particularly spectacular feats of magic as well. Mm, I just really don't see them as being on the same scale, but that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. And she did say commonly. Commonly in the hands of mortals. Yeah. Uh, well, that that could be uh, referring to the fact that rarely do, like, shards change, you know, power and stuff. True. 
it, that, that's Brandon has said that that's extremely rare. So whenever someone suggests on the forums, oh, maybe this isn't their original holder. Yeah, maybe, but probably not. Mm-hmm. I, you, mm-hmm. you, it's safe to bet against that, right? But on Skadrill, people have held the well a lot. And so that's more investiture than... It's, yeah. it, as opposed to, say, Nalthus or something, that's a lot more power than people have. True. You know, you know what just occurs to me? None of the other perpendicularities act like the Well of Ascension does at all, really. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Be- I asked that question one time. Yeah, and did you get raffoed? I didn't get raffoed. He was vague. I can pull it oh, up for you. It's on our 17th Shard Q&A that we did forever ago. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that one. Okay. Yeah, he said that it was because that they were for something along the lines of different purposes. Like, that the well was there for a reason and it was constructed the way it was for, like, you know. Oh, so let, it's let just the fact that it's constructed. Let me just look yeah, at the specifics. That, but, that makes sense, though, that preservation constructed the well, yeah. whereas the other perpendicularities seem to just be kind of effects of the shards existing there. Or, or rather, like, he took, like, the well, like, which already existed in, like, he fiddled with it so that it would act as the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Just yeah. it. I'm always interested in shardic mechanics. How did they do this? V- Please be specific, Brandon. Investiture. That's the answer to That's, everything. That is not. <laughs> that is the opposite of specific. Adenalcium. Physics. Like th- these are not <laughs> helpful answers. The spiritual realm. That's another great blame place. <laughs> Why did something happen? The spiritual realm. Unless it's cellish it's magics, then it's yeah. the cognitive realm. Why is to it their f- redshift? Spiritual realm. <laughs> I mean, that's like literally Brandon's answer. That's probably answer. the answer, though. No, it is. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's, oh, it's Brandon's here. version okay. of a wizard Why did it. Why does devotion yeah. shard pool, didn't know the right word then, act so differently from preservations? For similar reasons to why the door acts so differently from preservation's essence. So no answer, but... Oh, or at least well, that's like, way less. Eh. That's that's way less descriptive than what you said. Well, I make up things sometimes. You remember ruin hemorrhagic <laughs> glue, like you know, occasionally I, I get things wrong. Yeah, that's right, hemorrhagic glue. I distinct. You still have the title bad at schedule, right? Oh yeah, no, right, I haven't changed that. That was better than what that's I had your title before. Title on the forums. Oh yeah, it's still yeah. true. Yeah. What so, was that? You're well known to be bad at article. schedule. You oh. don't even write short articles that much. I mean, I no, guess. no, no! I'm talking about Coppermine, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, oh, no, I said I write Rashar articles, not Skadrial articles. Oh, I thought you said Shard. I thought it's Shard articles. I thought you hey, said I wrote, Shard. I wrote Ambition too, so, so hey. Well, that well, is true. We're gonna get there in a, in so, a little bit. Ta- talking we about will get the, to that discussion. <laughs> talking about the perpendicularity at the well, even Hoyd complains that this one is really hard. To navigate and to get in and out of. Yeah, would that be because that it was constructed weird, or the fact that ruin will wreck your crap? I, I think Wait. more ruin that like it's ruins right there, so it's just, like it's dangerous to like get close. But it could it could with the, the given structure, it, it could be very difficult as well. Yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. safe to just call the well an anomalous perpendicularity. Oh, definitely. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Canonize that uh, canonize that random term right now, guys. Anomalous oh, yeah. perpendicularity. You heard it here first, go. kids. It'll be wrong in five years. <laughs> it absolutely 100% will. Like Shardholder. 
It was yep. useful as a placeholder, and we knew it was a placeholder when we coined that term. We just yeah, needed true. something to call them until we knew that we were called vessels. That's true. Well, and I think yeah. Brennan like didn't have a term for it yeah, at or, first, or he so didn't like, want to have one. Every time we asked him, he was like, "Well, that's the same. They're the same thing now." And we're like, "But there could be a word here." Yeah, there should be a word there because yeah. th- there's totally. Brandon doesn't have everything planned out, guys. Not everything. Yeah. Not everything. Um, That'd be a little much. Again, Chris talks about uh, hemolurgy here. I. It's always interesting to me how the manifestations of investiture are still uh, so important, and hemolurgy apparently can wreck stuff, and yet it's only created from one shard. I don't know. That's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Well, that is, wrecking stuff is the definition of that shard. Well, so. okay, yeah, I mean. <laughs> that is, is the literal is. definition. All right, all, right. all right, we don't plan this podcast either, really. So, but that was totally planned, that I said it exactly that way. Oh, mm-hmm. speaking of Gyne, shut up. Uh, who's Who's this person? I, I think I he's just some guy in Silverlight. Really? <laughs> some like, guy? I'm pretty sure. Thanks for that. That was, that was some really <laughs> That great... totally was not intended at I, all. I'm so glad we have you on here for this great analysis. <laughs> okay, who gets that user title? Just some guy in Silverlight. <laughs> oh, crap. Well, let's make sure we take it before the podcast gets published. <laughs> let's do it. I might claim that. Oh, go for it. Okay, moving no, on. I totally love my current one. Just add add another one. Yeah. yeah. Commas. Um <laughs> anything else to talk about about schedule? Uh I think just the indication that there are non-human vessels by the fact that Chris had to state that both ruin and preservation were humans at one point. I thought that was That's a little true. interesting nod. Yeah, there 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 must be non-human ones, especially because we know that there's three races on Yolan. Mm-hmm. So, yep. probably one of those three, and humans are just one of them. Mm-hmm. God, that'd be so. Wouldn't that be so cool if shards we've seen have just n- been non-human? Mm-hmm. We just... uh, there's the theory that um, Edgley is a dragon. I don't love that one, but that's just there's me. also the theory that Bavadin is a dragon. But Everyone, we will talk. Dragon. We will talk about Bavadin. Next Why does this do this? Because dragons. See, I just another think it'd be really great cool claim. If you know, Finn had killed Ruin instead of a human body dropping out, like just this giant dragon had fallen out of the sky instead. And everyone's yeah, that like, would have oh, been what cool. The, what that the hell might is that, that might have <laughs> uh, drawn a little bit too much attention to the fact that you know the end of that book is fairly tight, and then you have to describe this giant freaking dragon i think it would have been funny it would have been like it would have been out of place and way too confusing (laughs) but like at the time like everyone would have been confused but like looking back it would have been hilarious yeah somebody write that that, fanfic that's that's what you want at the end of your long trilogy where every main character died Uh emotional moments all this stuff and then there's this giant dragon that we killed i guess oh that's funny so moving on to taldane yeah yes there's not much here in this one there's a little bit. Not not much. There, there's to, a little like, bit. But... Theorize much. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. So this is where Chris is from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talk about autonomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Who think... interferes with other planets. Despite oh, being called true. autonomy. Yeah. Which 
I think, is a huge point in favor of the Trell is autonomy theory. Yeah, I mean... I'm basically yeah. sold at this point. Yeah, so am I. What? I also like the theory that um, Ostra from Nalthus is autonomy. I do too. Yeah, so that's actually a really interesting point. We learn that autonomy is Bavadin, Bavadin's shard. Bavadin is yep. female. But yeah. people have asked Brandon about uh, this uh, in some signings for Arcanum Unbounded. And what did we learn there? Yes. Well, this is actually from, from Reddit. Reddit. So, whatever. So it's email animal um, is talking about how like we've been referring to Bavadin as a he over the, over the years. And Brandon's response was, Bavadin has several male personas and has often appeared as male for one purpose or another. So it's not that much of an issue. She has more female personas, but some of the male ones are quite popular. This won't be relevant for a long time, but as a service to the community, let me say this. Try not to get too hung up on gender, race, or even human appearance where Bavadin is, is concerned. There are some peoples who worship e entire pantheons where every member is actually her. I think we That's just That's cool. Yeah, it's it's super cool. Yeah. I, Sorry, continue. I can see why Bavadin is Brandon's favorite uh. shardholder. Vessel. Vessel. Did he say Sorry. that? that uh, yeah, wow. he said in the past that Bavadin is is his favorite. Oh, that's yeah. well. I mean, makes mm -hmm. sense considering White Sand was literally the first thing he wrote. Mm -hmm. So yeah, probably. Uh, but I guess we just figured out an answer for. Isn't could there be shards that talk a lot more than Harmony does? Yeah, I guess autonomy does. Yeah, autonomy. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yes, but like not in this way we were discussing earlier. Like she has an agenda. Like she's not saying, "Oh, hey, I'm a shard." This is oh, what I do. But but she She's could like, manifest as I am Voltar, the whatever his face, worship me or something. I oh, totally. That up. But, uh -huh, which like, she the has an agenda. Yeah. Mm. But it does open the door to other shards potentially being able to intervene more directly than we've seen Ruin and Preservation be able to do with their limitations that they have. Yeah. Or Harmony's self-imposed limitations. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I'm just thinking of this is probably getting ahead of ourselves for the discussing stuff from the Arcanum Unbounded tours, but like somebody asked about the other mist spirits in the Well of Ascension oh, original right. ending, and endowment was there. Like she's not there in like the current draft, but like she was interfering on like schedule stuff. I completely forgot that there were even multiple mist spirits. I totally yeah, I glazed over that, that fact. Because yeah. they're not described any differently. Like, I didn't even understand what was really happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but apparently other shards can just, you know, had an interest with what was happening. Well, they that that's no longer canon, so we no, don't know whether or not shards can actually do that now or Brandon changed th uh, how things work. Shards probably can do a lot of things that we don't know they can do, though. Like, yeah. Uh... Oh, interestingly, uh, I've wondered about this for a long time with the Taldane thing, is that it talks about how sand mastery actually directly works. And I had always been very confused about this because I had always, long ago... I'm still kind of confused. Well, 
I'm I'm talking about focuses because very yeah. long ago, before even Way of Kings came out, uh, we learned about, you know, oh, commands are the focus for awakening, and we had this idea of a focus, and Sand Mastery didn't really have that. It's just this this describes how uh, the magic is used for Sand Mastery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. It's true. Cool. Okay. Do we want to Threnody? Or Threnody, however the heck you Threnody. say Threnody. is the best one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Be- yeah, it's true. Before we, like, talk too much about the essay, I just want to geek out about the names. Because, like, like except for of the Purity. Which I want to talk yeah. about later. Yeah. yeah, except for Purity, the, like, all of the planets and the moon, are the names are songs or poems for the dead. Which, like, that's just a cool theme that I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really fun. So, the the crazy thing with Threnody, besides the crazy star chart, is, you know, just this new shard. You mm. know, ambition, which Odium also killed. Cool. Yeah. But did Odium kill thre- uh, ambition? Well, it says ambition would later be splintered, and generally that's... a kind of been one and the same as killing them we're i'm gonna get back to that on the or no i I should talk about it here because we're on threnody right now if you go to the rosharan entry it actually mentions let's see let me actually pull up the quote it doesn't list uh ambition yeah that list of shards that uh that odium Odium has destroyed oh odd okay yeah and i actually did ask um, Peter about this because, what did like, he, say? he like said something about how like oh Chris doesn't connect those events or something, which I found unhelpful. Wait, what? Here, here, let me Wait. read the quote. Let yeah, me read the no. quote. Yeah, Odium. Be aware that this system is the current habitation of the shard of Odium on the physical and cognitive realms. This shard undoubtedly caused the splintering of devotion, dominion, honor, and perhaps others throughout the Cosmere. It, it's possible that that one, they were written around the same time. Maybe she didn't know that. I don't know. That that does seem weird, though. But it but implies I, that shards can be splintered by things other than Odium. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Well, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, uh, yeah, I think that is interesting, because it, it does open the door that maybe Odium didn't quite finish off Ambition, this touches back on the things that I know we're get it to in another podcast about things Brandon's revealed, but I do recall that Ambition didn't... He said that Ambition did not die on a planet, but he rather died out in space somewhere. And I'm using he because I actually have no idea, but still. So it's possible Chris doesn't really have any idea what happened because there was no one there to see it. Oh, that's weird. I think it's safe to say that in some quotes later that Ambition did die right oh definitely dead definitely dead yeah uh but it is just really weird how that how that works uh but we learn some very cool things that uh the the battle happened between the three realms that's awesome just a true fight because vin's in ruins battle it's, it's not kind of the same thing yeah, that was more of a, a a battle of the wills rather than actually duking it out. Yeah. 
Yeah. And apparently, this happened early post-shattering, this this fight with ambition. Uh, So... I'm very curious on how the, this timescale goes. The timescale of the Cosmere is always shorter than we expect, but it, this is this is very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Odium's been trapped for the majority of the time we have seen thus far in the Cosmere. But that's just yeah, it's just so weird because it, Brandon has said that the process of splintering like takes a lot out of Odium. Like, how much does it take for him to like recharge his ability to do this? I have no idea. It just seems... Because what we have, presumably, you know, Odium has been on Roshar for many desolations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, that, that this is a fast timetable. O- Odium comes here, Rex Ambition. Although, don't we have a quote on the exact uh, ordering of this? Yes. Ian? Kind um, of? I, I remember the quote. Um... Ambition was Odium's first target, but he did not find Ambition until until after splintering Devotion and Dominion. Mm -hmm. Then he found Ambition, and then it was Honor, I think. That is my recollection as well. Huh. That's that's weird. So Mm -hmm. So Chris knows more about this clashing rather than the other one. You know, maybe the easiest answer is that Chris does just not find this Shardic history very interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, probably not. Oh, perhaps, She yeah. loves the magic, right? It's, she's yeah. not the biographer. That's she's true. talking about the magic. So yeah, th- that it, could be why. But that still seems pretty weak to me, well, Chris. That d- no it kind of makes sense, though, at least in terms of what she mentions here. Because it seems like devotion, dominion, splintering, Chris doesn't really know all that much about it because it was way too long ago. But she has some actual details about Ambition's death. So that because that came a little bit later, and so it's but better not recorded. But it yeah. still says soon after the shattering. So mm-hmm. it, it, so it's it's vague. Maybe I guess we just can't talk about the timing of this really well. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we know enough. Related to this, the essay is not exactly clear, and I know David and I have disagreed on fight, this. Fight, fight, fight. Did ambition invest in Threnody? before Odium got there. Because, like, my interpretation was that Odium and Ambition were fighting and just this one battle happened to take place near Threnody. But, like, Threnody wasn't invested there. Like, this was, like, partway through their battle and it just just so happened that, like, he was wounded near here and his investiture sprayed the system. So hmm. the essay says, judging by the record that Nas has provided, I've concluded that some measure of investiture must have existed on this planet before the fight between shards. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah. My read on that is that it's possible that it was already there. There was something related with Adenalsium or something like that. But it True. seems to me that that magic does not seem to be there anymore, or at least that manifestation of investiture. And perhaps I just forgot, but my read of it is that that is no longer there and that it's because Ambition is dead now and not, you know, he, like, withdrew himself, so. But yeah. um, it's hard to tell. My interpretation was definitely just um, that we know the worlds were created with a certain level 
of investiture from adrenalzium. And I think that's what that is referring to. Oh, wait. Mm -hmm. But then my question would be then, why is it not still there? Well, does it... Uh, we don't know this. how much of Adenalsium's latent investiture has gone into any planet, really, and how yeah. much that has mattered, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't actually say, like, the investiture is gone. I know. I'm saying with the way I read it, and there's no indication that yeah. you use any magic in the story we've seen. Perhaps it's hidden. Perhaps it is there and everyone forgot, but that is I'm the way betting I think it has it to do now. with. I'm betting it has to do with the evil I think the evil the has homeland. to do with ambition. I really do. But... I think that, like ambition like affected the investiture that was already there and that turned into the evil it's perhaps. also possible that the fact that a shard has been super wrecked and is no longer existing on threnody if if ambition invested on threnody that that magic could look very different post ambition's death mm -hmm. and True. be much weaker so that's another possibility yeah, Brandon says has said he yeah. wants to. He's got multiple books that he could write on Threnody, but oh, he's not sure if he'll yes. get to all of them or even one of them. So I assume that's something that will be touched on later. I kind of oh, think we might setting. just see it in Mistborn Era Three, and he probably won't have time to write those books. But you'll never I know. Love that setting, though. We need more. I need more. Yeah. So yeah. something I found interesting in this in this essay is that in the second paragraph, Chris writes, investigations into how this changed the other planets of the system have been fruitless. None of them have per per perpendicularities, but then she's been to Threnody. So is there a perpendicularity there? Yes. Actually, later on in the essay, she talks about it where... There's um, no stable perpendicularity. Yeah, only very paragraph. unstable ones. Unfortunately, visiting the planet is difficult as there is no stable perpendicularity. Only very unstable ones that cannot be predicted easily and have a somewhat morbid origin. Wait, Carrie, Chris has been the Threnody? Yeah, she has. She says, she says, I have visited one of the largest of these and even it feels unfinished. Oh, I guess that's true. I guess yeah, I got confused because I have personal access to someone with Threnody, but I guess, yeah, she did explicitly visit there. All right, great, thanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Derp. what do we think this morbid origin is? My guess it's like blood from dead bodies or something. That's like Reckon my crack theory. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's the yeah. shades. As someone is becoming a shade or around that time, it creates like a thinness and you can kind of slip yeah. through then. Because I yeah. think there is more to shades than we quite understand because absolutely it's it is implied that if you get killed by a shade you definitely become one but that didn't really happen with theopolis and Nas has mentioned oddities about cognitive shadows so i think that the mechanism might be a little more complex than we understand beyond just killed by a shade become a shade and it's I like i think it's pretty complex yeah and it's like these are weird cognitive shadows because like, we've seen Chris, not Chris, Kelsier, mm -hmm. who, like, he's relatively the same person he was when he was alive, mm -hmm. but shades are barely sentient. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. like... That not, could just be yeah. because there's less innate investiture, perhaps, or less just investiture around, because maybe the, the fact that, you know, the shards that invested into the people of Skadriel, you know, there's just more there, right? Mm -hmm. Uh... I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm I think just there, it's more that. that there is something weird with like this process to create cognitive shadows. Well, it yeah. does say that the that the destruction resulting from ambition splintering 
twisted the people and the planet, so it could have twisted whatever's going on with that. Oh, yeah, twisted their spirit web in some way so that, like, if they do become a cognitive shadow, like, it's there's something wrong there. Yeah, and it doesn't allow them to be fully sentient. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's true, because they're actually, like, not even not sentient. They're, like, bound to those rules and things like that. Like, that's not a decision they're making. They have to respond to that. It's it's definitely weird. It's It yeah. must be because of the the twisting both people and planet of Threnody that weird crap has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other odd thing that I could draw attention to is back in the actual system map itself. If you look, obviously these charts aren't to scale, like perfectly because the planets, you're going to be able to see them, yada, yada. Purity, yeah. that outermost body that's orbiting, is drawn as larger than the sun. And every it, other it star... Every yes. other star is way bigger. In fact, I actually mm-hmm. have, I ordered all of the star maps. So I have them right here. All the other stars are bigger than every other planet. Mm-hmm. But Threnody's oh, star wow. is smaller than Purity. And it, and it breaks the naming convention established in the planets as well. So I am yeah. very curious why it wasn't even mentioned in the essay. There's some, like, I don't really have any answers, but it's definitely an oddity that I've noticed. The name Purity sounds more like the name of a shard than a planet. Yeah, which yeah, is weird. Yeah, I've seen that brought up, which I don't know so is there, going on there. Happening there. Is there just a shard chilling out in space? Mm-hmm. And a giant ball. <laughs> As the giant well, ball. Hey, what's well, I'm guess- well I'm there guessing is the, the shard ball that a... wants to hide and survive. There's also like, one in space that's not that one, apparently. Yeah, yeah which is... We're better to hide than someplace like Odium Ordi looked to find somebody. That's fair. Also, space is an empty vacuum. It's hard to get much more pure than that. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty pure. It's pretty pure. (laughs) Let's get this excess hydrogen out of here. Screw that. And then this technically isn't in the essay. It's in Brandon's postscript, postscript to Shadows for Silence in the Forests of Hell. But like... He mentions that like he hasn't told us Naz's name yet, and I asked Peter about this, and he did say I can share it. That like because like we know Nazarloff is Naz's yeah. actual it? name, isn't it? Yes, it's his surname. Brandon is talking oh. about his given name. Oh, okay, all right, cool. So I'm like I'm betting he has like some like puritany first name like like silence does like mm. uh-huh. purity uh, uh, uh. <laughs> probably not purity but well no no no. i'm just saying like puritan. Anyway. i hope it's like something like super weird and um, embarrassing like if you ever go look at like puritan names like they get weird yeah they can what else so we we kind of talked about shades they're weird Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. we don't really know so do we want to go to the next one Dromedid? Yep. I think so yeah so we actually get a description of what perpendicularities are in this essay which I think yeah. I'll read so okay. in general perpendicularities are created by the presence of a shard on the planet the concentration of so much investiture on the cognitive and physical realms creates points of friction where a kind of tunneling exists. At these points, physical matter, cognitive thought, and spiritual essence become one, and a being can slide between realms. 
That's awesome. That's so realmatic too. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently the thing with Dramanod is it has a stable perpendicularity even though there's no shard. Yes. Dude, Which... Do we have any theories? Adenosium? Um, that was going to be my guess, actually. I mean... Like, I mean like uh, it has to be. The spiritual be. realm. Maybe at one or, point there was a shard there. Maybe this is where the shard that wants to run and hide originally set up camp and then decided to GTFO. Possibly. Maybe. I wonder if she would be able to... I guess she hasn't been there. Because mm-hmm. she says there's likely investiture. So she she actually probably doesn't even know. Yeah, She just yeah, knows like, that there's not a shard there right now. Well, yeah. she, she says right after that, though I have not yet had a chance to investigate First of the Sun myself. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, and so, then she mentioned something happened in the past, and there's no shard. She even says no shard currently residing. In the, oh, never mind. It's there currently. It's certainly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and apparently there's lots of humans on the Dramanod system on three planets, which, yeah. you know, the fact that there, th- that is there and that presumably that was Aiden Alcium's influence probably just means blame at Aiden Alcium for the stable one, right? Mm-hmm. Although yeah. It, it does make me question what his motivation was and just plopping down a bunch of investiture on one of those three planets and be like, Yo. oh, you get a perpendicularity, you know? Who yeah. the hell knows? Yeah. And I think it's interesting that, like, the planets are all like named first of the sun, second of the sun, etc. Which that's I thought that was like very much a a thing from the Elican Islands, which where Dusk is from. Six of the Dusk. Yeah. So it's like it's interesting that like that naming scheme is applied to the entire system. It, it and also interesting a... No, go ahead. It's it's also interesting that like Chris knows about that despite not ever actually like going to the planet itself and just interacting it with it from this um, cognitive realm. Hmm. I, I don't know if we know if the star charts are drawn at the same time as these essays. True. Well, well, well she she references them in the Scadrial article. Oh, I guess. Yeah, Gein. like yeah, okay, Gein. All right, all right. Yeah, right. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Fine. And like the investiture that Chris refers to, like, we're pretty sure that's the AVR, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to guess, like... Because I, I assume that the reason that they're named this in the star chart is because the people that the ones above dominantly have contact with are the Elikin, because they're the ones with the AVR, and there's the ones that they're interested in. So that'd be why they would use their naming convention. But the timeline thing is odd, I'll admit that. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. But other than that, do we have it? I don't know. Yeah. There's not much I, I here. think we can go to Roshar now. Last one. We could, weird one. Turns out we can absolutely make a whole podcast on just the essays, and we didn't even yeah. include Edge Dancer. Oops. We, that wasn't we, a problem. We almost made two, actually. <laughs> yeah. What's cool here? Ashen and Braze. Do we think they have perpendicularities? Wherever Odium is, that one has one. Yeah. Yeah, he's there. Braze right? probably has one. Ashen doesn't have a shard right now, so I don't really know about that one. Yeah, maybe. But it almost sounds like Chris has been there. Yeah. So. Or someone has been from there. Mm, they've talked. Yeah. To, they've talked to someone. But yeah. 
Yeah, like I remember it was a couple of years ago that like Brandon did a reading from The Silence Divine. Yeah. Which takes mm-hmm. place there. That was a cool and, one. And like part of me like always thought that like the viewpoint character from that was a world hopper. But well, the thing with Roshar is that you don't need to have a perpendicularity to get to those planets. You can just yeah, else call if you cuz else callers can do that and just get to Shadesmar and presumably just leave Shadesmar. So mm-hmm. you could just yeah. have had an else caller at some point go to Silverlight, right? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I... also like Ashen is referred to as the the burning planet and like Chris refers to a cataclysm that occurred there. So I'm wondering if like that's where like Roshar's humans used to be, but then the cataclysm happened, which I would guess would be the arrival of Odium, but like Chris doesn't say that. If and like they fled from like Ashen to Roshar. And there's, that's sort of the in, the inspiration for the Tranquiline Halls. There's mm-hmm. obviously a reason why these three planets are in the same system. Mm-hmm. And this has to do yeah. with his Brandon's super opus of the Stormlight Archive. Yeah. They're I, related. If I, if I recall from the reading, the Silence of Divine reading, which is obviously not canon yet because Brandon was still drafting it, at yeah. the very least, the people on that planet believe that their magic is what caused the Cataclysm. They don't. They didn't tie it to someone coming there. I remember very specifically them saying, "Okay, I, to keep I had forgotten." That's that. why they, totally one of the reasons they have their that whole you know that whole agency that manages the disease because they can't let it run amok because at some point something went terribly wrong. But, yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. But do they, that's just... the the planet where like diseases give you powers, right? Just mm-hmm. so people know. Yes. And but the do, just because they believe that to be the case. Does that necessarily make it true? Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Like, presumably that magic comes from one of these three shards. Probably not a fourth shard on that system. Seems too crowded. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I remember I did ask Brandon one time, did Ashen ever have a shard? And he didn't directly rafe me, but he said, I can't really talk about anything that's happening in the Rush R system because everything on these planets in the system is so interrelated that yeah. it'd be a spoiler for Stormlight for me to tell you anything about Ashen. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, so. I think... And yeah. Brandon has said that, like, um, Ashen, it doesn't necessarily need to have a shard to have the investiture it does. Like, it's more closely, like, to the AVR than to like, a formal system yeah like it's not allomancy yeah mm-hmm. like yeah so oh. it could it could have but i don't think chris knows too much no about this yeah. specifically yeah i think the other oddity here is probably the 10 enormous gas giants <laughs> i just throw that out there as being something that is definitely looks like did not naturally occur oh definitely not why would a shard go, yo, you know what we need? We need exactly 10 gas giants. This is extremely important for some reason for us to create these. Maybe the Heralds, it was like part of the Oath Pact. And they, they were like, we get a planet if we're going to do this thing for you. And he was like, all right. That's fine. entirely possible that they're each their own damnation. Who who the hell knows? Like, sure. Yeah, I, I have giants, seen though. that 
theory or that like oh the heralds are the personifications of the planets which i do not buy at all if anything i think it's a damn separate damnation for all of them yeah. in a planet but, but I definitely... gas giants are painful right that would be hellish yeah but, technically but here like... i was to say something interesting i've noted did you guys notice what the middle one is called or maybe not the middle one one two three four the fifth one from the outside the red one Shash, where have we heard that word before? Well, yeah, that's dangerous, but that's that comes from... Well, uh, yeah, the, like, those are herald. just the numbers, so... Yeah, th- those are just the ten, the ten essences. Well, right? it, specifically, it's the numbers. The number yeah, associated with the, that essence. Yeah, I think they're just named one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> yeah. Then, th- yeah, that's definitely not natural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... Um, let's see, other odd things... It's weird to me that Braze is cold when everything we're hearing about Braze is, at least from, you know, not Talon or maybe Talon's perspective, is, you know, hot, hellish type thing. Well, we don't know. We don't know that Damnation is where is on Braze. We don't know that. I'm, we don't know that it's on there. We don't know that. We, I'm, no, I'm saying I don't. I think it's a strong possibility as considering that Braze is a name for Damnation, but... Oh, that's you know, right. That's yeah, like right. Talon directly is. says that. So I think there's a pretty... Dang it. There's and a link somewhere. Bra- um, Chris like mentions that like Braze is cold and inhospitable to to men, but like there's a thriving ecosystem of spren, and like Ugh. she mentions like some of them could be cognitive shadows, mm-hmm. which Brennan has recently said that the heralds are technically a variety of cognitive shadow. Mm-hmm. So that's. Yeah, I don't know. We, this is obviously tiptoeing around big stuff that's going on. Yeah. Us, oh, right? definitely. Yeah, I think we're that's definitely for sure. So, I think like, we we, we mm-hmm. don't really get too much here, other than hey, let's blab a little bit, and hey, there's a lot of stuff about shards here. Sup? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one last thing that I noticed, which I I I don't know if there's if it's just weird linguistic stuff or i'm noticing something but like chris mentions the storms which oh yeah let's see mm-hmm. okay however travelers to the planet should be made aware of the storms life on roshar has been shaped over millennia by massive invested storms which post a danger that cannot be overstated but if I'm pretty sure that there's just the one high storm that goes round and round and round. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't, I don't know if like she's implying that there's more than one storm or not. Like I don't know if this is actually something hinky or if it's just linguistic stuff that like it makes more sense to refer she, to them in plural. She well, might people, not. Yeah, people in the books refer to them in the plural as well. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't really know what the Storm Wardens theorize, that it's just one storm that goes around the planet, right? Maybe Chris just That's didn't true. get that. So. I just figured that, like, since, like, she can, like, see it, she go to the cognitive realm, like, we're assuming that there's, like, some sort of parallel of the high storm in Shadesmar. Mm-hmm. So, like, she, oh. theoretically, somebody should be able to tell, oh, hey, there's only one of those big, swirly, like, death spirals. But like we don't really know what happens when it dies when it, like it dies down like where it goes or like how that works on the weird cognitive reflection thing like I couldn't point to a point on the map where I think oh that's the origin you know the Rashar Shadesmar thing 
Also, so, yeah. the fact with Shadesmar, like, presumably if the storms are giant and invested, that investiture could primarily be physical rather than cognitive, right? Theoretically. Right? Yeah. And well, so maybe it we th- doesn't have as much of an influence as on Shadesmar as we might think. Because it, does, think... it doesn't think that much, right? The storms themselves. Perhaps. But, like, if we think the high storms are honors perpendicularity, that should absolutely have an effect on the some effect realm. but it might not just be like a giant storm that sweeps away spren cities or because mm-hmm. they have spren cities so that's yeah. Weird. yeah yeah but trying trying to navigate that perpendicularity must be a whole lot of fun unpleasant uh-huh. i'll just go to the horn eater peaks and go to that one yeah, yeah. personally probably i think uh, that the other weird thing there if we're still talking about that is you know people see a different place when the high storm comes you know Calden's seen it twice now i think and I believe Shallan might have as well, you know, or like everything stops and it's really silent and still and they see the Stormfather's face, but that doesn't appear to be Shadesmar, which is odd to me. You know, like there's no spheres or any mention of that. It, like the world remains the same. So that's why I think it's more physical that uh, that investiture honor died and it's like built into this storm that it, Chris is saying that that stuff is probably before shattering but it the investiture it's kind of weird when that occurred but uh it's possible that it honor invested in that before death and so it was easiest for odium to place that remaining investiture in there rather than shoving it into the cognitive right mm-hmm. Maybe, and she yeah. and she does mention mention that she can't tell what's pre-shattering and what's not yeah mm-hmm. yeah but she guesses that the storms are older than the shards, so there was some. Oh, they're absolutely older. Yeah, like, we, we know we, they're pre-shattering. Know that. Yeah, but how specifically they changed? Probably yeah, at that... some point they did. So yeah, if, if we're going by the theory that we mentioned earlier, where perhaps Odium just, like you said, Eric, shoved what was left of honor into the storms, yeah. and that just invested it even more. Yeah, so... yeah, that, that that's what I think the plan is. I think I think that's what happened, and so it's more physical, so it affects the physical specifically. But who knows the exact circumstance of perpendicularities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome stuff. There's a lot here, and I feel like we could rehash this again in another episode if we really wanted to. We probably to. could. We, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we probably There's we, just, there's a lot here. And we probably yeah. will refer back to these when we go over the quotes from the tour. Mm-hmm. We'll probably oh, yeah. refer to these all the frickin' time <laughs> for like the next five to ten years, let's be honest. Until we get Arcanum Unbounded 2. Yeah. Arcanum Rebounded. Thanks, Carrie. <laughs> yeah, so, so that about wraps us up for this episode. Any parting thoughts? Not that I can think of. I'm Except still... for like, Threnody planets are cool. I love those names. They're they're really cool. I'm just my mind is blown that we got a new shard just like for free. Like, oh yeah, you know ambition. He just like totally died here or was epic fight here. So just uh, more about odium and stuff. It's awesome. Flash may have had a second shard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with purity being as weird as it is. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that. That, uh, that concludes our episode for Arcanum Unbounded, part one, anyways. 
We will have our forum thread up. You guys can come chat with us about what we've discussed. Add your own ideas. Maybe we'll even answer some of them in our next episode. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We would love feedback. I would love feedback. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yes. And we'll try and be a little more active in our forum thread. So thanks, guys. And we'll see you guys next time. Call.